FC3 Communications presents a spoken word given to our congregation located at 1800 Hall Brown Road, where our senior pastor is Dr. Karen B. Johnson and assistant pastor Glenton Queen. You are welcome to join us as our services are held every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Enjoy the word. of you in here try to do it another way and there's a song saying you tried not once but you tried more than once and you finally figured out what you can't do it without him somebody's giving the Lord a hand praise for him you can't do it without him let us pray dear heavenly father we come to you as humbly as we know how we thank you, God, that for many of us, we have come to the recognition that we can't do one blessed thing without you. We thank you, God, for the times that we even tried. You still stayed by our side, and you still tried to guide and direct us, even when we were resistant to your will. And Lord, for that, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, God, for being in the room right now, dear Father. We thank you for being with us even when we feel as though we were alone and as feeling in a dark place. But God, we thank you that in spite of what we feel, there is a truth. And the truth is that you are ever-present spirit. And for that, God, we give you praise and we give you glory and we give you honor. And now, God, as we come to this moment in time for the breaking of your word to your people, I pray always, dear Father, that I decrease in self, that I get out of the way, and Father, and let your word go forth and do what it has to do. So we just thank you and we bless you in the precious name of Jesus. Let the church say amen. 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 Would you turn with me, please, to 1 Peter, the fourth chapter, starting at verse 12. And I'm reading from the NIV version. 1 Peter, the fourth chapter, starting at verse 12. And the passage reads like this. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come to you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. This morning, we want to talk to you about the art of suffering well. The art of of suffering well. You may be seated. 
So suffering is one of those topics that we'd rather not think about and we surely don't want to talk about. Because this mere word of it just makes us uncomfortable. And we sometimes feel if we talk about it, it's going to happen to us. We so dislike the word suffering until we replace it with euphemisms like, I'm going through. Or I'm struggling. Yet regardless of what we want to call it, regardless if we are Christian or not, one, no one is going to be exempt from suffering. And the truth is, either you are suffering, have suffered, or will suffer. At some point, everyone has either been hurt, disappointed, heartbroken, sick, betrayed, taken advantage of, oppressed, depressed, by all of the above, by someone or something at any given time. All of us have to go through suffering, and our going through is not just one, not just a one-time event. Instead, suffering comes in seasons, and it comes in degrees. Peter wrote over in Acts 14, 22, he says, before entering the kingdom, we will go through tribulation. The psalmist even talked about suffering. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. So the Bible makes it perfectly clear that no matter how much we want to duck and dive and dodge from suffering, it's going to find us. Between the devil instigating trouble, between us living in a fallen world, and between us making our own mistakes and sin issues, we all are going to suffer. And it's for that reason that it's important that we talk about it. Because we don't want to talk about it, I mean, it's for that reason, pardon me, that we want to talk about it. We need to talk about it, even though we don't want to talk about it, but we have to talk about it because all of us are going to suffer, and if we're going to suffer, we might as well do it well. Suffering well. If I got to go through, I might as well go through there well. So when I was testing out the title of the subject, The Art of Suffering Well, I did get some side eyes, if you will. And the reason is because the phrase suffer well seems nonsensical. And that is um, the way that, that suffering and well just seems like they just don't go together. That it just doesn't make any sense. But there is a way of suffering well. And suffering well means suffering with grace. It means suffering with poise and dignity and knowing and understand that God's sufficient grace will allow us to go through. And so that's what we mean by the art of suffering well. The art of suffering well, it is using all of the hurt, all of the pain, all of the darkness, disappointments, regrets, and everything negative that comes with suffering and allowing God to work in you and through you to grow you and to make a better you. Suffering well is being crushed but not broken. Suffering well means I may be knocked down, but I do know how to get back up. Suffering well means I might go through a whole lot of hell, 
but I will not be destroyed. Suffering well means that I'm going to be able to keep my peace, even though I have every right to lose my peace and give you a peace of my mind. Suffering well. We live in a secular culture, if you will, where, where suffering is supposed to be only for people who deserve it. Do I need to say that one more again? We live in a culture where people tend to think that suffering really is supposed to only happen to people who deserve it, who brought it on themselves, who did something to cause them to go through. And that's not a new thought. That's not a new thing in this culture. Because if you remember, we go back to the days of, of Job when his friends could, not rational, could, could only rationalize the cause of Job's suffering was the results of something that he must have done. Jesus ran into the same situation when his disciples saw a boy who, boy who had been blind at birth and they asked Jesus, now who sinned, this man or his parents? You see, suffering seems to be more palpable if we determine by our own judgment that a person caused his or her own suffering. There's a thing called karma. Karma says that if you're suffering, you always personally deserve it. It's because of something you did. So the world takes issue with anything that disrupts our happiness. It takes issue with anything that causes us to be uncomfortable. And so we do not see any good thing that comes from suffering. In fact, the world explains suffering with two words, and I'm cleaning it up. They say, stuff happens. <laughs> stuff happens. If we were to exegete stuff happens... What the world is saying that suffering is senseless, it's random, it's worthless, and it has absolutely no value. It adds nothing to our lives except to interrupt life with unnecessary hurt and pain. However, that is the world's feeling, but, the, but that is completely contradictory to what the Bible teaches and what Peter is teaching in his letter. We just read from chapter 4 when Peter said, Dear friends, don't be surprised about the fiery trials you're going through. Don't act like there's something strange that's happening to you. Instead, be glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ and his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed in all of the world. So the first lesson in the art of suffering well is that knowing that trials are going to come. It's going to come. And as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we don't wish for suffering. We expect it. We don't wish for it. We don't go looking for it. But what we do is that we expect them to come. We anticipate suffering because suffering comes with the territory of being saved in a fallen world. Suffering comes because we are partners with Christ. And through the suffering, we have the opportunity to experience God on a much deeper level. And the reason why I'm saying it's an opportunity to experience God in our suffering is because truthfully it's completely up to us if we turn to God or not. And the fact is that God is often blamed for what we are going through because we know that he is omnipotent. We know that he is all-knowing. We know that he's ever-present. 
So therefore, we know that God is sovereign, and because he's sovereign, and because he can do what he wants to do, when he wants to do, because God can heal, because he can deliver, because he can prevent, because he can set free, because he can send a miracle, because he can raise you from the dead, because he can give sight to the blind, because God can do all of those things. We charge God when things don't work out the way that we want it to work out because we know all God has to do is speak the word and it's going to happen. So how do we square all of that up? Because God does what he wants when he wants. And because God does what he wants, it causes people to question God's motives and his purpose when God doesn't move in our suffering. We struggle with suffering because there is this underlying notion that because of God's grace and our faith, we should live a problem-free life. Or at least our problems should be reduced for what the world is suffering. But the truth of the matter is a blessed life doesn't mean a problem-free life. It comes again with the territory. So what else do we learn, and how do we practice the art of suffering? Practicing the art of suffering means finding God in our pain. Finding God, being intentional about finding God in our pain. It is discovering why God is allowing what he, allowing what he is allowing and what it is that we are supposed to learn from what we're going through. Because God is allowing us to go through, whether it's sickness, whether it's financial issues, whatever it may be that's going through, there is a lesson in the darkness. There is a lesson in the pain. There is a lesson in the difficulty. And God is allowing, allowing us, allowing that, I mean, pardon me, that, that pain to come into our life. I'm not saying that he caused it. What I'm saying, he's allowing us to go through it so that he can utilize that to help teach us there's something that God wants to, for us to learn in our dark places. There's something, there's something we got to get a hold of in our dark places and when we are struggling. So what is God doing? Sometimes God uses suffering to mature us and to grow us. To mature us when the understanding is, is that, look, everything is not always going to work out the way you want it to work out, baby. So when it doesn't, what you going to do? To mature us. He will use it to discipline us. Sometimes we're going through what we're going through because we need correction. We need correction. He will use suffering to teach us. He will use suffering to test our faith. And he will use suffering to prune us. Sometimes there are things that need to be cut back. And the question that we need to ask ourselves when we're going through a difficult time, is he removing something or some people from out of our lives? What is God doing in those moments of suffering? And if he is removing someone or moving something, that doesn't mean that the people were bad or the situation was bad. When God is positioning or repositioning you for his purpose, Often there are things that need to be detached from you because they have served their purpose and their season is over. One of the biggest struggles of being in Christ is sometimes knowing that they're going through the experience of a separation of friendship and relationships. Again, they've had their season. They've served its purpose. But, but, but you are on a totally different path now. And because you're on a different path, God will use the suffering 
to then to, to, to send you into your destiny, into your purpose, what he has already preordained for you. It hurts. It hurts real bad. And often feelings, and we often don't understand why we're feeling, why it's hurting so bad. Sometimes we don't understand, well, why, God, why are you moving me from this relationship? Or why are you moving me out of this place? Because it seems to be deal on doing okay, but only God knows. Only he knows. And sometimes we'll find out in the end, and sometimes we know, don't. That's where we come to trust God. God will prune us. And usually there are two main reasons why God will prune us is to remove anything that is no longer effective. And he will also prune us when we're in the prime of our fruit bearing. When we're in the prime of our fruit bearing. Have you ever had seemed like life was just going well? And then all of a sudden it feels like the rug has been pulled out from under your feet. And I've been there except for me. Often there's pruning. And what God is doing, he's cutting back on the, on, on the fruit that you're bearing. He's cutting back, but what he's doing, he's making room for more fruit for you to produce. It's going through the pruning season. The other lesson that we learn from the art of suffering is understanding that suffering comes in degrees and it comes in categories. 1 Peter 1 and 6, he says, to, we are to suffer all kinds of trials, all kinds of trials. Other translation says various trials. You see, trials can be big and they can be small. Or they can somewhere be in between. Not all suffering is this overwhelming, no cure, can't sleep at night situation. Most of the time, suffering is that small stuff. The stuff that just won't let go. The stuff that keeps reoccurring. And you already know how to fix it, it's just that you can't get it fixed. It's, that, that, it's those situations. And, 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 and because suffering is a very thing and it comes in so many degrees and so many levels, we have to determine what is and what isn't. But suffering can come in so many different ways. And suffering is if you're fighting for justice, that's suffering. Suffering also if you're living in injustice, that's suffering. Parents suffer. Because they make many sacrifices for their children. Suffering is not always hurt. It's not always grief. Often is what we have to give up and what it is that we have to do. Suffering is not always that painful. But it just means a change in a situation that can make us a little uncomfortable. Suffering. How do we know if we're suffering? How do we know if that thing we're going through is just a little thing? Well, is it, is it a distraction? Is it causing you to feel some kind of way? Is it taking you off track of what you normally would be doing? Are you seeing yourself pulling back when you should be engaging? Are you seeing like you're losing interest? It could be a good chance that you're going through a period of suffering and it's time to discern what it is that God wants to do and pull from us. The art of suffering is taking the negative and allowing God to use it as a positive. So in closing, let me just share a few things that we learn again when we suffer. Suffering teaches us the difference between sympathy and empathy. It's a good thing to be sympathetic. 
When we're sympathetic to someone, we're showing concern for that person. We're telling that person, we understand and we're with you. We're standing. We understand what you're going through. It means that I, I'm not going to leave you all here on your own. I'm, I'm going to walk with you is when we're being sympathetic. But to be empathetic, it means I know exactly where you are. It means I know exactly where you are because I walked in your shoes and I know what it feels, what you're feeling without you even have to say a word. I know what that is. It means that I, I have put myself in your place because I have been in your place. I have sat in your seat. I know what you experienced, and that's when you're empathizing with someone. As you know, last month, last month, um, I lost my, my, my sister lost her daughter, my cousin. She was 29 years old. As a matter of fact, today would have been her 30th birthday. She went to bed. She never woke up again. Five days later, my best friend called me and her husband passed. Although we were expecting that one, it still can come and rock your world a little. You see, I can only sympathize with my cousin. I'm glad I can only sympathize with her. I don't know what it is to feel what she is feeling. So I can only sympathize with her. I can only hold her hand and listen to her on the phone and just talk her through it and just say, well, it's going to be all right. That's all I can do with her because I have not been in the position of, of, of knowing the depth and the pain of a parent who has lost a child. Only a parent who has suffered that knows what that is. And you have, and, 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 and that parent can talk to another parent. And that's how they can help each other out because they have walked that walk. I can't walk that with her. I can't talk all of that with her. Now my friend who lost her husband, I know what that is. I can empathize with her. I know what it is to wake up in the morning and realize, no, this is for real. It is not a dream. You did not have a nightmare. This is for real, for real. I understand where she is. And the only way I can understand where she is is because I have suffered it. That's why suffering can make us compassionate. That's how suffering can take us through. And so as it, it, and it teaches you that. It teaches you sympathy. It teaches you empathy. Suffering teaches you compassion when you have been wronged but forgiven. When you have been given an undeserved second chance. It teaches you when you understand what it's like to have been on the wrong side of right. If you have fallen, you understand what it's like to get back up again and for someone to extend to you some grace and mercy because you have been in a fallen condition, because you have done something that you regret. And when someone forgives you, that should make it easier for you to forgive someone else because you know what it's like to be down and out. When people are talking about you, when your business is spread all over the news, you put you in a whole different place when you have walked that walk. And you know what it's like to be the, the topic of gossip. And people look at you when you're walking by and go like, oh. Whispering because they know your story. 
It puts you in a completely different place when you have been through all of that. And so, therefore, when you see someone else who's going through it, as the saying goes, instead of pushing them down, you know what it's like to reach out your hand and bring them back up again because I have been there. I have done that. The art of suffering well means allowing yourself to be as patient with ourselves and with God. Both my cousin and my friend are suffering well. They're suffering well, and you might be saying, well, how are they doing that, Pastor Kay? Well, it doesn't mean that they're not crying. It doesn't mean that there are days they don't know what they're, how they're going to make it through the day. It doesn't mean that there have been times when she was out in the grocery store and just burst out into a full-blown cry. It doesn't mean when they get up in the morning or go to sleep at night, they're just so happy for night to come because at least they can be unconscious to the surroundings of this world and they can be lost in sleep. Suffering well for them and using their words is that I know that in order to get over grief, I got to go through it. Suffering well means I know that there's light on the other side, that yes, it's dark right now, but I'm holding on to the promise that joy does come in the morning. That's suffering well. Suffering well means I don't deny and pretend I'm good when I know I'm not good. Suffering well means that I have sense enough to reach out to someone when I'm going through instead of trying to close myself off and, uh, and, and isolating myself from support that I need. Suffering well means acknowledging and being real and being authentic. And no matter how raw the grief and the pain is, I can put it out there. But at the same time, I know that many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver them out of them all. That's suffering well. Suffering well is knowing that one day all of this is going to be over. Suffering well is standing on the promise that in no matter what I'm dealing with, I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to be stand firm. I'm going to be steadfast. Suffering well is believing that in suffering we will experience the joy of seeing Christ in his glory. Suffering as well is meaning that I'm holding on to his promise that he's saying one day this is all going to be over with. Suffering well means that we's the reason why on this day, secured 2,000 years ago, Jesus secured the fact that because we are suffering, because we're going through, he has made it, uh, made it a way that this situation is going to be a temporary situation. He's promised us that trouble don't last always. That is our hope. And what we hold on to during our light affliction and the ones that take our breath away. The art of suffering is knowing we are pilgrims just passing through this land. The art of, su- the art of suffering and knowing that this is just a place for right now, but my home is not really here. My home is really in heaven. The art of suffering is knowing that Jesus is still in the room no matter how dark the room may be. The art of suffering is understanding that God uses suffering to prepare us to spend eternity with him. The art of suffering is knowing that through the pain and all of the indignity that I may have to go through, that from it all, God is going to use it and he's going to strengthen me. He's going to build my character. He's going to build my faith because I have to be, sometimes we have to go through a destruction in order for him to reconstruct us. It's understanding that my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. 
is understanding that he promised me that no matter what I go through, he promised me, he said, I'm leaving here. I'm going home to make, uh, to prepare a place for you. He said, if it were not true, I would not have told you. Work it out right here. I am not going to leave you. I am not going to forsake you. I am going to give you all the grace that you need to walk it out. I'm going to show you the way to go. All you got to do is make your mind up to put one foot in front of the other. I'm going to help you to take two, three, four, five steps. He says, hold strong, hold steady. I know you got to cry. Go in your prayer closet. Find somebody to cry along with you. But I am going to bring you out. It may not happen overnight. It may take months. It may take years. But what he's promised, whatever it is you're dealing with, I'm going to take all of that ugly stuff. I'm going to turn your ashes into beauty. He's promised us that. I'm going to turn your mourning oil into an anointing. He has promised us that. So what we're saying here, saints, we're going to go through. We are going through on a personal level, on a national level, on a global level, on a racial level. We're going through all kinds of ways because of the color of your skin, because of your gender, because of your sexual identity, because of your finances. There are always going to be issues. There's always going to be struggles, and there's always going to be suffering. But Jesus wants us to understand, don't be surprised. Don't act like you're shocked. Don't go tripping out because trouble is coming your way. He said, count it all joy. Count it all joy. I'm going to have to be honest with you. When it comes to that counting all joy, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold up before I, before I ascribe to that. What do you mean count it all joy? Count it all joy because when you're going through it, it lets the enemy know personally that, you know what, I may be going through all of these struggles, but I am not going to bend my way to you. Come hell or high water. I'm going to stick with God. I am not going to give you any glory. I am not going to give you any honor. I'm going to give it all to God, the one who is a keeper. I'd rather be in the hands of God. You understand what I'm saying? I'd rather be in his hands. If I got to go through it, let me go through it with some dignity. Let me go through it with some poise. Let me go through it with some grace. Let me go through it with my head held high. Let me go through it knowing that God is on my side and he will never leave me or forsake. Let me go through it knowing that I can take my pain and God is going to turn it around and I can help somebody else because I've been there. I've done that. I know what it's like. That's the art of suffering well. Suffering well. It's going on and taking it like a woman and taking it like a man. And understand, I ain't going to chomp down because life has gotten hard. You know? All right. Since we're going there, let's go all the way there. I'm not going to back down off of that. And so come with me. Because one thing I have learned, just as the, just as the scripture said, that, that weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. And that means, that means, say, that we don't know how long night is. We don't know how long night 
No, it is. But see, the promise is, but joy is going to come. He didn't say it might come. He didn't say there's a possibility it's going to come. He said it's going to come. So that means whatever you're going through, you're coming out. It means you're coming out. Right? It means you're coming out. So whether you're in a storm, been through a storm, or you see one approaching, why don't you just go ahead and give God a praise right now? Thank him for his deliverance. Go ahead and thank him for the grace. Just give him a praise right now and tell him, I may not see it right now, but I believe it. I may not feel it, but I know it's going to come. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but it's going to come. And so you hold on to that and just continue to give God all the glory and the praise that you have. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. We thank you, Father, and we just thank you that, that you help us and you are encouraging us to look at suffering a completely different way and not the way that the world looks at it. And because, God, you're just so counterculture to the world. You, your way is definitely not the world's way. So, Father, help us to understand that. Help us to see that. So, in helping us to see it and understand it, Father, it helps us to know who you are even the more. And it helps us to draw us even closer to you. And an even more deeper and personal, intimate relationship. So we thank you, God, for, we thank you in all, not for, we thank you in all that we may be going through. And we recognize the fact that you didn't cause and instigate all of the suffering and the grief and the pain, but you will use it. You will use it for our benefit and for your glory and for your honor. So, Father, help us to see that. Help us to know and to understand that you will bring us through. If we take faithful and continue to hold on to your hand, we thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 As the decision councils are coming forward, as you remain standing, as you remain standing, and we also will be preparing, and as we're going forth, do want to extend and give anyone an opportunity. As I look around the room, I see it's, it's mostly first Christian here today. Where y'all at? On vacation? What y'all doing? Where the people are? <laughs> but we don't want to make any assumptions, and we always want to extend an opportunity for anyone who is here who have, not had, who have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. We want to invite you now. And here's your opportunity. And your opportunity, again, I want to put out, this is a special moment. But see, God is always waiting to receive us no matter what the moment is, the time of day, doesn't matter where we are. But if you are here today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, 
then we invite you to come down. Restoration is in the house. Baptism and membership. We invite you. Is there one? All right. Everybody good? I want to ask one more time. All right. Just want to make sure everybody good. Let's give the Lord again. Let's bless God. Amen.